Hi, this is Jason, lead pastor at Casper Online Church. Thanks for listening to our weekly teaching podcast from our Sunday morning worship gathering. This morning we have one of our key leaders, uh, Chris, speak today. We're still in our series on Ephesians. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for supporting. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can check us out at casperchurch.com. You can download our app in your app store on your smart device. Just search for Casper Alliance Church. Look for the double C's and you can download us there. Hope you have a great week. I brought coffee this morning because it's still cold in here. I was thinking if it was last week, I might need something a little stronger to keep me warm. So it's a good thing I'm preaching this week. We are going through Ephesians still. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to do the second half, um, starting in verse 14. So Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. There's a lot in there. Uh, I only have an hour and a half, so I want to focus... On, I want to focus on the strengthen through your inner being. This, this power that God gives us for inner strength. Because um, I think it's something we've all probably at some point in time and probably in the future to have asked God for. Like, I need strength to get through this, to do this, to deal with this. And, and I, if you're like me, you pray for inner strength, but, but sometimes there's, there's this like thing in my head, my brain wondering, is God really going to give me strength through this? Is God really going to give me what I need to get through this? Or am I just praying this and I'm kind of on my own here? But I'm going to pray anyways because that's what we do as Christians, right? And I, I've had that experience before where God doesn't actually, I don't feel like God gives me the strength I need. But as I've been thinking through this and studying this, I actually think he does answer us every time. It's a big statement. But I think he answers this every time. And my problem I'm learning is not that God's not giving me the strength. It's that I'm looking for it in a different place or in a different way. He's providing what I need, but I'm expecting it in a different way. So we're going to get back to that. But talking about inner strength, I want to I dissect inner strength a little bit because that's what I do. I analyze things. I break things down. So I want to break inner strength down to three ways. The first way I want to look at it is what I'm going to call assertive strength. It's this aggressive initiation, move forward, conquer, take, compete. We're going to put strength in a forward movement and we're going to get something, right? Uh, So I used to wrestle when I was a kid. I wrestled from about first grade all the way up to my freshman year of high school. So wrestling was a big part of what I did growing up. It was part of my identity. It was who I was. I did it every year. We wrestled. 
The thing about it was, I was not a good wrestler. I, I had like a, a moderate win record at best. Uh, I could always get into regionals, but I could never quite make it to state. And when you wrestle for as long as I did, and your dad's one of your coaches, it's not like you don't practice. It's not like you don't hear your coach in your ear all the time. My dad used to lose his voice at our tournaments, I kid you not, because he was screaming so loud at me on the mat of, of what to do. But the one thing I always heard my dad saying was, you need to be more aggressive. You need to be more aggressive. You need to be more aggressive. And the truth of the matter is, when you've got two people that are going at it for a couple minutes to where they're, they're about the same size, they're about the same stature, they're about the same weight, they're, they're roughly the same. Really, the winner depends on who's going to be the most aggressive, who's going to just give it their all, and they're going to win no matter what. And that was not me. And I couldn't just flip it on like a switch when the whistle blew either. It's just, it's never been my personality, right? I mean, picture this, freshman, 90 pounds, Okay, that was me. That is not the picture of strength, but it was very synonymous with what my personality is, right? I'm not a, a forceful, aggressive, assertive person. But assertive strength is one of those things that we need at times. Assertive strength is, is something that we got to call on to, to accomplish some of the things we got to do. And I'm just, I just never was that assertive person. But there's another type of strength I want to look at, another type of inner strength, and it's called resiliency. Now, resiliency is where I live. Because see, if, if I could make one claim to fame while wrestling, it was this. I was never pinned. At least in my memory, I was never pinned. <laughs> at least that's the story we're going with, right? No, my shoulder blades never touched the mat for three seconds. Now, I had to wrestle some bigger guys than me. Like, when I was in high school, right, 90 pounds, the lowest weight group was 115, I think it was, which means I was always wrestling bigger, stronger, faster guys. But I was never pinned. I would contort my body in whatever way I needed to to make sure my shoulder blades didn't touch. Because, okay, I wasn't going to win, but for some reason there was this line where I was not going to back down to, and it was I wasn't going to be pinned. Resiliency, where we are willing to stand firm and take whatever the world throws at us and say, I'm not moving, I'm not budging, I'm not going anywhere. There's one time specifically I remember, we, it was at practice my freshman year, and they were, um, they were randomly giving us partners, and we were doing uh, this, this exercise where they'd give us a minute, they'd set the timer, give us a minute, and we would practice our takedowns. So one minute practice takedowns, and they'd randomly give us partners. So I happened to get partnered up with not just the biggest, strongest guy on the wrestling team, but the biggest, strongest guy in the school. Um, this was the star football player. This was the guy... I kid you not, his name was Rocky. <laughs> he was that guy, right? And I was a 90-pound freshman, and I got paired up with him. I mean, it was a real David and Goliath scenario here. You could see it in his eyes. I get up to him, and he's like, really? You're coming at me with sticks? Am I a dog? What's going on here? I mean, he was embarrassed to have to wrestle me. Um, but this is what's going through my mind now, right? Like, if I have any chance here to live... I've got to come out strong. Like, i got to be the first to strike, the first to hit. Like, it's got to be me or it's nothing, right? So I'm building up all the energy I have waiting for that whistle. 
And that whistle blows, and I, I attack him with all 88 pounds I got because I lost two pounds sweating while I was waiting for that whistle to blow. And I hit him as hard as I could. And I know I could have took him off guard because he's kind of standing there in his half stance. And when I hit him, this is what he does. He goes, huh. <laughs> and and th this is where David's story with Goliath and my stories kind of diverge. <laughs> Because he gets behind me, and he wraps me up, and he prepares for a souffle. Anybody here know what a souffle is in wrestling? Some, some, yeah. You guys, there's some nods here. A souffle is when you get a guy, and you, you throw him over your back. So, you know, you're arching your back, and you're throwing him over to where you and him are landing at the same time, and he's hopefully landing on his head. That's what a souffle is. Now, normally, right, in an average case wrestling match, it's a guy your weight, your size, your ability. So what you got to do is you got to kind of get him off balance and leverage his weight over your body, right? That's how this normally happens. That was not the case here. This hulk of a man doesn't have to leverage me over his body. He lifts me up. He throws me over his shoulder, and I land with all the force of him and me on my head. So when I come to, <laughs> the whole place had paused. The coaches were there. Are you okay? Are you okay? Can you keep going? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm resilient. I, <laughs> let's keep going. All right. The takeaway from that story is, right, the thing you need to remember, I was not pinned <laughs> Resiliency. Resiliency is a type of inner strength we need. That, that grit to say, I'm not backing down. It doesn't matter. Okay, there's a third type of strength, right? I'm going to call it releasing strength. It's letting go. It's backing away. It's moving away when we're holding on to things longer than we should. And we all do this. We, we've got sin. We've got relationships. We've got beliefs that are just unhealthy for us. And we hold on to them for way too long. And it's hard to let go. It takes a, a grit, a strength to say, I don't know who I'm going to be when I let go of this thing, but i got to find out. And so we don't know. It's uncertain. And, and so there's a degree of strength where we got to let go of this. And so to continue on in my wrestling story, um, not many days after that fateful practice, I started having a couple realizations. Something got knocked loose in here, I think. I don't know. And, and one of the realizations was, hey, I'm a freshman now. I'm actually old enough to get a part-time job and start working and making money, which sounded a lot more appealing to me than those wrestling practices did. But I couldn't work and wrestle at the same time. Uh, they would just conflict too much. And so the thing is, right, like, I wasn't a quitter. The, the resiliency, right? Like, and I had wrestled my whole life. Every year I signed up for wrestling. That's what I did. That's part of who I was. So to say I'm going to not wrestle anymore was like a bit of a loss of identity there. To let go of that was a hard thing to work through because that's just what I did. And, and the other thing was I wasn't a quitter. We were already partway through the season. I'm not the kind of guy that commits to something and then stops halfway. If I give my word of commitment, I do it. So to, to stop wrestling at this point is like a really hard thing to let go of for a couple of reasons. But as I'm working through this, I had a thought that I'd never really thought through clearly before, and it was, it was I hate wrestling. I, I liked the feeling of a good workout and feeling in shape and 
cap capability as much as a 90-pound guy can be capable. But I really didn't like the competitiveness of it. That's not me. That two minutes, three minutes on the mat where it is all or nothing, winner takes all, I lived under the anxiety of those moments all the time. And so there was a part of me that said, you know what? It's actually a good time in my life to say I'm done and to let go of this part of who I am and to start a new season in life. And it's hard sometimes, but, but we, there's an inner strength we need to have to, to let go of things. Okay, so there, there are three ways to look at inner strength that I've shared. There, there's this assertive strength, there's this resiliency, and this releasing strength. But just because you know these things doesn't actually make this any easier because it actually brings up two more problems. One, if I got a situation in life that I need inner strength for, what kind of inner strength do I use here? And if I can figure that out, how do I go about doing it? Because the thing is, most of us have natural things we lean on, natural strengths we do. When life gets tough, some of us get assertive. Some of us just take the bull by the horns and we get a little more aggressive. That's how we muscle through. Some of us get resilient. I'm just going to stand firm and see what happens. And some of us look for the escape, look for the change. We're always letting go. We're, that's how we deal with complicated complications in life and tensions. But in those situations, usually our natural proclivities aren't the answer because that's what's keeping us in those situations. If we, if we could do what we were supposed to do, we probably wouldn't be in the tense unrest that we were in because we'd be doing what we were supposed to be doing. So there's a couple problems here. How do we know what kind of strength I need to use and how do I have the ability to use it? All right, so we're going to go back to the Bible. The Bible has some insight for us here. Hebrews chapter 12, and I would encourage you to actually look at that with me because I'm going to, I'm going to have you look for some things here. It's Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read the first few verses. And what I want you to do while I'm reading this is see if you can find for yourself where these three inner strengths are being displayed. Assertiveness, res resiliency, and releasing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God." Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Do you guys see it in there? What was the assertive strength? Anybody? Run. Run with perseverance, right? Assertiveness, good. What about resiliency? Where's the resilience strength in there? Endurance, good. Anything else? Laying, and laying aside would be the next one, actually. But, but how about uh, you, have not, you have not yet um, resisted to the point of shedding your blood. There's that resistance there we got to put up, right? And then, and then it was mentioned already the, the laying aside would be the, the letting go, the casting aside the sin that so easily entangles us, the things we got to let go of, right? Good. Now, those are the callings to us to have inner strength. But there's another part here. Jesus is displaying these inner strengths. Do you guys see that? 
Where is Jesus being assertive? What's that? The joy set before him. He is moving towards joy. He is moving forward. There's something there that he is going towards. God has set something in his sights ahead, and he's like, he's going to get it. All right. Resilient strength. Enduring the cross. Despising its shame. Taking on whatever the world was going to throw his way. He didn't say no. He didn't walk away. Next was a little bit harder because it's not so overt, but what about the releasing strength? I'll be honest with you, my wife had to show me this one. What's that? Shedding blood, blood, yep, to the point of what? Death. Death. Jesus let go of the very thing that is most precious to us, the thing our survival instinct says we need to hold on no matter what. He let go of his life. Don't let anybody ever tell you that Jesus is a weak person. It took all strength to do what he did. Now, the two problems. How do we know what strength we need to use And how do we know how to use it? And the key is in this passage here. In fact, the whole passage centers around it. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. When you see Jesus as he is, you see the work that needs to be done. And when you know the work that needs to be done, you know who you need to be to be about that work. That doesn't make it easy. We look to Jesus to not only see the example of inner strength, but to show us how we need to use this inner strength. When we ask God to give us strength, what he does is he shows us Jesus. This is what my son looks like in this situation. This is what his work is about. This is what it needs to look like here. So what is Jesus? Well, Jesus is peace, unity, all these things we read about that the call of the Christian and the church and to being about Jesus and abiding in him looks like. So when you're in a tough spot, when you've got a a difficult relationship, when you've got a difficult situation, when you've got a difficult decision, and you need strength... And you ask God for strength. I don't think he, he, he doesn't answer because that was the whole purpose of this plan. From beginning to end was to show us Jesus. So when we ask him for strength, he shows us Jesus. The problem is, and this is the harshest thing I'm going to say this morning. The problem is either we're not seeing him or he doesn't matter as much to us. The reason I didn't win those matches is because the reward wasn't worth the cost in me. I couldn't be assertive enough. Sometimes the reason we're not willing to stand up for what we need to stand up for is because to be resilient requires some wounds. It requires taking some blows. The work of Christ suffers scars. And if those scars aren't worth it to us, we're not going to be willing to do that. When God shows us Jesus, we've got to be able to see him. And the reward of being with him, the reward of being about his work, has to be worth it to us. Or we'll make it about something else. 
So how do we go about doing that? How do we make Jesus worth it to us? It really is no more complicated than getting to know him. The more you know Jesus, the more he is glorified in your life, the more he is magnified, the more he is lifted up, so that when the the trials come, and you say, God, I need strength, and he says, here's my son, and you see him, and you say, oh, yeah, that's where I want to be, because there's nothing else that matters as much to me than being with Jesus. Jesus is our, our vision of strength. Jesus is our source of strength. Jesus is our example of strength. If he is not enough for us to do what's right, then he's not worth it to us, is what we're saying. How do we make Jesus worth it to us? How do we tap in to the strength God is promising to provide when we need it? We put our effort into getting to know him better. If you put your effort into other things of life, then when life comes your way, you're going to make it about those things. We make it about the things we think about, about the things that are important to us. If you make Jesus most important to you, then Jesus becomes most important to you. And then when that strength is needed, it's there. Because you see him and you see the work and you say, whatever it takes, it's worth it. Whatever it costs me, it's worth it. That is strength. Strength is not the feeling of capability. That's a type of strength. But biblical inner strength is saying, it is worth it for me to do what is necessary because of the reward. And the reward is Christ. That's biblical inner strength. And I think we get that wrong because we ask God for strength and we're kind of waiting for some super injection of power. Like, I feel capable. Well, when you feel capable, guess what? You do it in your own capabilities. But when God gives us strength, he says, here's my son. Is he worth it to you? And when you lay your life down, when you push forward, when you hold firm and fast, or when you let go of the sin, when you're not feeling capable, when you do it because Jesus is worth it, That's biblical strength right there. The work of Christ suffers scars. If you are not willing to take the beating, it's because Jesus isn't worth it to you. Harsh, hard, I get it. But I don't think we can escape that truth. I just don't. Is Jesus worth it to you? That's the question for us today. Are you doing the work of making Jesus worth it to you? As I call the worship team up, I'm going to end with what we began with. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 3 again because what this really is is a prayer. It is Paul's prayer for inner strength for his people. And I don't want to end today on just a theoretical note. I want to give opportunity for you to think about a tough spot you're in, a tough situation, a tough relationship. I'm going to read a prayer for you. And as Paul, through me, through Jesus, prays this prayer of you, I want you to ask God, show me Jesus. What does Jesus look like in this situation? God, who am I supposed to be here? What does strength look like in this situation, with this person, in this ordeal? So, as I read this, just open up your heart to God's leading. Ask him, 
What does this look like? What is Jesus here? And then as I read this, and, I, and if the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart, just work through that. And then as the worship team sings, worship with us. Make it about Jesus. All right. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.